running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Welcome back, everybody, to the Raider flagship, Raider Nation, 920 AM, and the Raiders mobile app. Thanks a lot for joining us today. We are brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin asks you to drive responsibly always, especially over the holiday season, find me at the Remy Martin Room inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Uh, Remy Martin and our team have done an amazing job with their footprint. The bar, the private room inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. If you haven't seen it, uh, get a reservation in that room. Enjoy it. It's the room I hung out with with Charles Woodson as he was here for his Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame ring ceremony. He loved it. It's fantastic. Remy Martin, raise your cocktail game and have a great time here in town. So Rich Basaccia is speaking now. We'll play some of that at the bottom of the hour. Harry Ruiz will join us in a few minutes, uh, the Latino voice of the Raiders. So when he gets here, we'll start talking to him and fit him into the show, maybe even take some phone calls with him. Harry's really good. We tailgate together, and I sit behind him at times in the booth when he's calling the game. Derek in Jersey. Thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. Over the top of the hour, you're up first. Go ahead. Paul, they have no shot of beating the Chiefs. They can't stop Kelsey. That's the problem. But we'll go We'll go to the Raiders. You listen to Basaccia's quote after the game. If it's all about the results, that speaks volumes of where this group is at. And if you listen to Josh Jacobs in the post game, his presser, mm-hmm. it seems like the team's not motivated. He's like, I've got to motivate these guys to play hard. And and he's like a he's a young guy. And if you gotta motivate your players on your offensive squad to play hard and be motivated, then you've got the wrong group of players there. The third thing is Carr. I like Carr. He's he's kind of like he's like Andy Dalton. He's just good enough for you to not get rid of him, but he's not good enough to win the big games. He missed Jackson. Does he check that? Does he check on these third down and five yard swing passes to Jacobs? That's why you need Jackson on the field to spread it out. You may not throw the ball to him all the time, but at least he spreads the field. So all these things, but Passaccia, he's just, he's in over his head, I think. And I don't know. Carl, again, I think he's, I know it's a topic for a different day. He's just good enough to not get rid of, but he's not good enough to win with. But they just, they just don't seem like they're interested in this season anymore. Just well, just listening to Jacobs, it's sad. For him to have to say that, that's that's bad news. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an interesting point you bring up, and we'll get to some sound from that a little bit later on. I think Bobby has that from Josh Jacobs. But, look, you shouldn't have to be motivated at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas with everything that goes into that stadium and the outstanding facility that it is the amount of money you're getting paid, knowing the record of the team and what's on the line. And there are plenty of guys highly motivated. Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Derek Carr. So for Josh Jacobs to need to be motivated or Josh Jacobs, how about Josh Jacobs being the one that motivates everybody else? How about Josh Jacobs going up and down the sideline, getting in people's faces and being the guy who motivates everybody else? How does that sound? Is that okay? 
All right, Josh Jacobs never gets 100 yards in a game. Could barely get 100 yards. I, 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 when was the last time De- Josh Jacobs had a big game where he dominated a football game? Now, there's always an excuse built in. The offensive line isn't good. He doesn't open up the holes, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, the, the excuse is built in, and Derek doesn't use it. Derek doesn't use it. Derek always is accountable. But the offensive line doesn't give Derek enough time. You know, I don't call this show talking about motivating people. If you're a football player making millions of dollars, you better be highly motivated. As I bring in Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the Raiders. Harry, how was your show? What were the fans talking about on your show that just ended? Well, a word that both Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs used in the press conference last night, frustrated because they know that this team can do better, but they're not doing it and that they're not consistent. One week we see a Raiders team that scores two touchdowns in the first quarter. Another game we see a Raiders team that only scores one touchdown in four quarters. So the frustration this fan base is growing to is, I mean, that they they know that they're frustrated and they have a great reason to be frustrated right now. So frustration, that's how the Raider Nation's feeling. Harry, I, I looked at you yesterday. We talked about it from the beginning when I saw you. I don't know what happened on your broadcast, but the ability to start fast is now out the door. They can't start fast. There's no longer a trend. This is no longer hope and change, what we'd like to see. They defer. They go down early, and then they don't play with any sense of urgency and any speed, any up-tempo. So the term is up-tempo or no huddle. Something's got to be in the middle of that. They don't have to go no huddle, but they have to do something a little bit better than up-tempo. What are you seeing from the booth? Yeah, and the problem is you see those first two series, and it was six plays and then three plays. So it's like if you do up-tempo and you you only have three plays on the field or you do no huddle and you have three plays on the field, the Raiders were dominated by Washington in time of possession in the first quarter almost something like 11 minutes to four minutes on the field. And if you change that, then it's even harder. In my opinion, what they struggled with, they thought that the offensive line was going to struggle yesterday. So instead of thinking, okay, we're going to have time to throw those deep passes like we did against Dallas and find Deshaun Jackson, who clearly wasn't at 100%, or Darren Waller, who wasn't in the game, they were like, let's go with the short game. The amount of passes they had behind the line of scrimmage was mind-boggling for me it was just the consistent way that they were playing nine completions behind the line of scrimmage 21 passes in total in the game didn't surpass six yards from the line of scrimmage and nine of them were behind of it this team came out with a game plan that clearly wasn't one that was going to help them win this game and they played into washington's desire they were like all right we want to play this way and the raiders were, were like okay let's do it yeah, Harry Ruiz is our guest. Paul Gutierrez just reporting Kenyon Drake having surgery on right ankle in Birmingham, Alabama this week, said interim head coach Rich Passaccia. So they lose Engel, they lose Drake. Two really good players, an elite fullback and a $6 million backup running back who's supposed to be highly productive going forward here. The injuries that continue to mount, but Harry, you saw a team yesterday without Chase Young and Sweat and the injuries that they had, Landon Collins, they were a banged-up team. And I just thought, as you said, they dictated what they wanted to do. Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio put together a defensive game plan, and for whatever reason, Derek Carr wasn't able to exploit what it was. Is that why he was checking down? I mean, Deshaun Jackson, his calf might not be at 100%, plus he played a lot of plays on Thursday. 
But the fact that they didn't have anybody to stretch the field other than Zay Jones late, and he was double teamed in that last drive. Yeah, and I remember a play early in the game also in the second quarter where Zay Jones, where the Raiders started inside their 10-yard line after the punt. I saw Zay Jones clearly open up the middle, but he ended up going with Hunter Renfro on the left. They got the first down, but I was like, Jones was open. He didn't see him. I don't know if he didn't know where the middle linebacker was located or what was happening there, but Derek Carr was clearly not in his best yesterday. And unfortunately, it seems like the Raiders start going to those deep passes and those plays that are explosive until they're required. When it's like, all right, we got a two-minute offense. If we don't get to the 35-yard line, we're not going to get points. Let's go with the deep passes. If you implement what you want in the game instead of what they're giving you, you can end up getting some of those big plays. Of course, then you also have an opportunity of getting turnovers, of getting interceptions. But in my opinion, you saw what Taylor Heineke did in that game. He wasn't great. He did what the Washington football team needed. They needed 17 points on the scoreboard to win that game, and he was good enough for that. But if the Raiders have just have that little bit more juice, that little bit more swag on the field where they would say, this is the Death Star, this is our house, but we didn't see it yesterday. Harry Ruiz is our guest. Harry, I wouldn't play Jonathan Abram in this game. I wouldn't play him, but they have to. They don't have enough depth now. But if the Raiders were at full strength on defense, I'm talking full strength with Hayward and Mullen and Hobbs playing great and Merrick coming off a you know game-winning interception. Yeah, you put Abram in there and maybe on some third and longs where you think you want him in there to make a play underneath, you worry about him on the back end. I wouldn't have him in the game. I think Kansas City enjoys preparing against the Raiders, spotlighting Jonathan Abram. Do you agree? Is nothing going to change this week when it comes to that matchup? I like Abram. He's a good guy. He's great in the community, but I agree with you. And I remember the first time I heard you say it, I was like, JT's on he's on the spot right there. The Raiders have to think about that as a possibility because they've been bullying Abram since the moment he started playing against them. So that's a great thing that the Raiders can think of and be like, all right, let's put someone else in that spot. I know Gillespie's young, but maybe put him in there and see how he can do. Dallin Levitt, he can be a liability here and there, but he's been doing a decent job when he gets some snaps. So the Raiders definitely have a tall order against the Kansas City Chiefs. And fortunately, I mean, the latest update is that Darius Phylon can come back, and I've really liked him when he was on the field before getting injured, and he's a little bit extra help right there up the middle on that defensive line. So hopefully the Raiders can get healthy and bring back guys like Perryman, who I'm working about that he got injured in yesterday's game the leading tackler for this team 10 games of 10 plus tackles he's been amazing so hopefully the Raiders can get healthy in the most important part of the season and JT people are getting desperate they're getting frustrated but let's remember this is a 17 game season there's still five games left there's still a lot of football to play and that extra game can make a huge difference for, for the Raiders to still be fighting for a lot of things Harry Ruiz is our guest here at Lotus Broadcasting. He's the Spanish voice of the Raiders, kind enough to join us on Mondays during the aftermath. We'd love some celebratory wins and shows here, but it's really been a struggle here. I thought that Heineke outplayed Carr, and that that's really bothersome to me. And the, for the people who say, well, they don't compete against each other, I, I'm done with that. Yes, they do. Okay, Derek Carr this year lost to Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, and Justin Fields. And two of them were at home. Now, I know the defense has a lot to do with that, and Derek doesn't have an elite team on the offensive side here. But Derek's got to play in these games. He's got to put his team on his back. 
And, and Harry, the only way I could see him doing that is he's got to make more plays. How does he do that? He's got to use his legs. He is using his legs a bit more, but he's got to extend plays. Heineke was better than Carr at extending plays. I thought, Correct me if I'm wrong. I could be nuts here. You called the game. It seemed to me that Heineke was under pressure at times more than Carr. And when he was under pressure, he was making plays that was moving the team north to south instead of Derek checking down and going east to west. Is that fair? 100% accurate, JT. I remember a play where Max Crosby was all over Taylor Heineke, and Heineke was able to get Max Crosby off of him, off of his body, and make a play and make it and get. Try he it was an incomplete pass, but he tried to make a play, and I was like, of course, this is. As a member of the Raider Nation, I was like, this is going to happen to us. Crosby had him, then he didn't, and Heineke's going to make a big play. But he extended plays, and Carr, the first sack, you could even see that he almost lost control of the ball, and he was like, okay, no, I'm giving up right here just to control the ball possession and not lose it and keep it and just lose eight yards. But 100% accurate. I want to see DC say, okay, I know that I got to follow coach's instructions, and this is the game plan, but... Let's switch things up. I know that I can take this team to a higher level and make this team play and make this team a winner. We've seen him go for over 300 yards six times this season, and the team has won six games. Keep going for that. And yesterday, the running game was very limited. They didn't even go over 20 rushes, I believe. Mm. And the Raiders need to depend on their passing game. Of course, not abandoning the run game completely, but know that your bread and butter is going through the air. All right, so Passionate Raider joins us with Harry Ruiz. JT, as we kick off this hour, go ahead. He's gone. <laughs> Amazing. We'll get to Robert in Portland. Robert, you're up first. Go ahead. Jump on in with us. Go ahead. Well, I thought the JDR adjusted very well. He had ten, you know, the Raiders had 10 days to get ready for this. But if you noticed, and I'm sure you both did, they, they took away the top. Uh, they were so worried about throwing, you know, D.C. throwing along that they, uh, the whole game, just invited uh, Carr to throw, like you said, JT, underneath. But that was what was dictated by the Washington defense with Collins out. I just thought, uh, you know, Carr, uh, you know, like you said, uh, that uh, the throw, throw to Zay Jones, Zay Jones didn't take place because I think Carr just took the easy way out and threw to Renfro. But he did that a number of times during the game. Uh, Moreau didn't play that well. I thought he, you know, Waller was missed. Uh, Waller was would be needed to win in Kansas City, in my opinion. He had a great game last uh, year in Kansas City. I think they're going to miss. The last thing I want to ask you: Hey, D- Dabo Sweeney was up there with Mark Davis. Uh, was did he stay there the whole game? Uh, I know he invited him to see the Clemson players, but uh, I, I said, "Geez, I wonder if we, sh- we we should get Dabo next year." I know he'd probably pay him twelve million a year. Yeah, I have no idea where he sat, what he did. I got a picture with Dabo. In the beginning of the game, thanks for the call on the sidelines to send to my son at Oklahoma because he loves the Lincoln Riley and Dabo and Dabo's D coordinator left to be the head coach of Oklahoma. But I don't know where Dabo sat during the game or what he and the owner talked about here. I have no idea. Uh, 702-365-9200. And Harry, you know this as a play-by-play voice of the Raiders on the Spanish side and hosting a talk show. You, know, you don't talk about coaching changes during the season at the end while the team is still alive out of respect to the coaches. The fans can do that. Fans have the right. Every caller can call me about the future of a quarterback or a coach. I have no problem with that at all. And if the coach and the quarterback 
don't do a better job down the stretch here, that's going to be uh, something that everybody in town is talking about over the next couple of weeks, correct? 100% correct. And a lot of people actually last night on social media, they were like, okay, so can we stock start talking about next season i'm like wait there's still five games they're only a game behind from a playoff spot you can't start talking about uh, next season yet at least a team you guys can but coaching wise of course people want to speculate especially those who want to go the college way and bring someone up from the ncaa ranks but in the professional side mark davis can't be talking about it there was a report that a lot of people have been calling mark davis of course who doesn't want to coach the raiders and be part of this legacy and be the the guy that brings the raiders back to the playoffs and potentially to a super bowl of course but what I've also said is like, guess what? The guys that can call right now are guys that are unemployed, that don't have a job, that aren't employed for a reason. So uh, in my opinion, if there is a coaching change, they can go the route of starting week, week 16 with a new rule, start contacting someone else from outside of the organization and see if that's the route. But right now, Mark Davis is doing the right thing. You, I don't think Bisaccia is a long-term solution, but he's the guy there right now, and you got to respect him. Wrapping it up with Harry Ruiz. So, Harry, while we have you here before the Kansas City game, I got to get an advance to this. We'll talk Kansas City the rest of the week, but this is a big moment. Kansas City is playing terrible other than the Raider game. I mean, Mahomes' quarterback is in the 50s and 70s other than the Raider game where he's at 127. So at least Gus Bradley and the Raiders know there's something wrong with Mahomes with his arm angles, and his throws, and the Raiders know what Kansas City wants to do. They want to run misdirection. They want to run Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So let's repeat that again. They're going to go heavy, heavy Kelsey. Perryman and Littleton cannot cover. They can't cover. They can stop the run if it's in front of them. You mentioned Perryman's having a great year as a tackler, but Perryman isn't very good covering tight ends. Littleton, I've seen enough of Littleton. I I don't know how many – I've done two years of shows waiting for Littleton to show up and make a play, let alone have a great game. So what do the Raiders need to do? And I'll go first. I think they need to just throw two safeties, 25 yards downfield, just throw them down there like they're center fielders like Mookie Betts. Don't let anybody behind them. You know that Kansas City's going to throw underneath, and you hope that the Raiders can tackle. I see no other way to stop the Kansas City offense. What about you? Yeah, they're explosive. They can make plays out of nothing. And Patrick Mahomes is a guy that once he gets the pressure on the edges from Max and Yannick, he can move. He doesn't use it much, the running game anymore, as he did as a rookie mm-hmm. because he's smart. He knows that his money won't be coming if he runs the ball, but he needs to pass the ball. He tries to get fancy here and there, and I think that's an issue with him. They just got to tell him, it's like, hey, just make your throws. Don't want to be on Sports Center every single game with side passes and making no-look passes and all that kind of stuff. Leave that for basketball you focus on yourself look for Kelsey look for Tyreek make your plays that way for the Raiders I mean they got to go out there and do what they did last year air it out I know you don't have Henry Ruggs anymore but hopefully Deshaun Jackson is in a better spot next game but now you know if you play him 42 snaps one game maybe the next you shouldn't be thinking about putting him out there that much time it capitalize on when he's on the field so go back to Deshaun Jackson Hopefully Darren Waller is back. Put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and I love your idea, JT. Go too deep and make sure that the the defense bends but doesn't break. Yeah, the defense has got to play more conservative 
on the back end because Mahomes just eats him up alive when he does play action or he's attempting to run. He stops right before the line of scrimmage and then just goes over the top. Harry, always appreciate you, man. You do a great job. Great seeing you at the game, and we'll do it again next Monday. For sure, JT. Have a great day, man. Have a great week. You got it. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the Raiders, does a really good job. And nice addition to our show is we like our show to evolve. And we evolved the show by bringing in Harry on Monday. So I like that. He's very good. Hey, Saturdays, I'm at Five Iron Golf. I just hit golf balls. Have a great time. It's the premier indoor golf facility in Vegas. Eight simulators giving you access to play the world's best golf courses while enjoying drinks, food, and fun. They have leagues. They have fittings. They have brand new clubs. Again, there's another place in town where you can hit golf balls with garbage equipment. Garbage balls, garbage equipment, and they gouge you. I'll just leave it at that. Area 15, Five Iron Golf, completely the opposite. You go there, you say, hey, I want to try brand new clubs. I want to get fitted for clubs. I want to look around. I want to look at the equipment. I want to play this golf course. You'll love it. The people that I'm sending in there and talking about on the radio are getting back to me saying, thanks, JT. This is now where I play golf indoors. Okay? It's not about having a great view in the background of the strip as you're hitting a golf club that's been held by 400 people that day. And the ball doesn't go anywhere. Go to Area 15 to Five Iron Golf, and you'll have the best golf facility and the service that you've come to be accustomed to at this great facility. It's that good. Five Iron Golf. When we come back, we'll have the Ritz Passaccia press conference. I didn't get a chance to hear it. I want to hear what he had to say. You'll get a chance to hear it for the first time unless you were listening already on the Raiders site. Uh, as I always said, you'd rather hear the coach and the quarterback than me. And I know how to get out of the way for that. And then we'll take your phone calls. Good time to get in now so I can get you up here. I want to hear from you after a win and especially after a loss. 702-365-9200. I mean, I just come to the offensive line um, and and to the receivers and tell them just we gotta we gotta be who we are or who we think we are. Um and we gotta have some juice and some energy and some 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 type of swag to us. Um I feel like we come in just stiff and, and, and dull in games sometimes. Um and I don't feel like it should take somebody having a big play for everybody to take to that mindset of, of, of wanting to be on that. So that's kinda just where I, I was at with it. And um Kirby used to tell me all the time, um, inspire the guys with how you play and the effort that you put on the field. And that's what I try to do. But some, some games, it just be like, I don't know. Some games, it's be like, I don't know. All right, JT, back with you. Uh, that's interesting to me. You know, again, Josh Jacobs is a hell of a kid, hell of a player. Hell of a player. All right, uh, my tweet is out, and it says, not many NFL players need to be motivated, in quotes, on game day. They're paid millions to prepare and dress in a $2 billion Allegiant Stadium to play for a global brand. Give me a break on that excuse. Kids who play in a non-Power 5 conference in college football need to be motivated. All right, is that fair? Here's Rich Passaccia, who just spoke to the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'll give you the um, injury report as I have it. Um, first, um, as of right now, these guys would be day-to-day. 
um, Waller, uh, Patrick, um, Perryman, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nassip, and uh, Corey Littleton. Um, we know of Kenyon Drake uh, is going to need surgery. He'll be leaving in a few days, I think, going to Birmingham to take care of his um, ankle. And then uh, two guys we hope to have back in practice. We got uh, Mullen back a little bit last week. We're hoping to get a little bit more to him. Hopefully it looks better at the end of the week, and we'll get Phylon back, it looks like, on Wednesday and have a report about how he does by the end of the week. Uh, with that, I'll take any questions you may have. Rich, uh, a couple of guys um, last night mentioned you know, the slow starts and trying to put their finger on why that might be. And have you given it any thought? I mean, obviously you've given it thoughts, but anything that you can put your finger on, why sometimes it's starting so slow for the offense? Well, I don't really know if it's one particular thing. You know, we tried to, like I said, different things in practice to try to get us going a little bit faster earlier, some of those things. Dallas game, we come out first drive, we hit the shot, we have a big play and touchdown. This week, you know, defensively started off for us, gave up two explosive plays. Next thing you know, we're down 7 nothing. So we're going to look at all those things again, see what we can try to um, spruce up practice a little bit or something we can do, um, you know, with the coin toss, I don't know, to get us going where we can have uh, maybe some more success earlier. Rich, John Madden used to bemoan a third and seven, people throwing the ball five yards, third and four, two. And I'm curious, that seems to be at least watching a lot of film, going back and looking at early for some of the slow starts. Does that concern you? Well, I think anytime you don't get the first down on the third down, obviously we weren't very good on third downs on offense or on defense in yesterday's game. So um, a lot of times you don't have to always throw the ball to the distance in order to get yourself a first down. You know, we've got guys that make people miss in certain situations, whether it's Josh, whether it's Hunter Renfro, some of those things. So I, I think our, our bigger thing is what we're doing on third down, and we need to do a better job converting third downs on offense. And certainly we didn't do very good defensively as well this past week um, with third down conversions for our opponent. Josh mentioned uh, the, t the team looking like it was coasting and, and a little stiff. Is that something that you've seen as well, and would you describe? Yeah, again, I, you know, certainly respect Josh's thoughts, and I'm not really sure what coast means, to be honest with you. Um, we didn't get off to a very good start on offense, so um, he's entitled to his opinion. And uh, we'd all like to fa start faster. We'd all like to finish a lot faster than we have as well. So we'll see what the future brings in those two categories. I don't know much. I don't. I assume you're not much of a Twitter guy, but uh, Ken, I'm not a Twitter guy. You can assume <laughs> correctly. Uh, Ken Drake last night after the injury, I know there's frustration. Went off about the, the type of tackle uh, that was that was done on him that got him hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you if you were able to hear about it or see it or, or if you had any thoughts about the the type of tackle and maybe the legalities of, of guys pulling pulling down and rolling. Yeah, I did hear about it, and I'm I'm sure you know. I know Kenyon's. I know him a long time, and I know he's very frustrated. Certainly his last two injuries have come from that type of a rolled-up tackle. When you look at the play on tape, I, it did not look intentional. I think he put himself in a, a funky body position at the end. When he went to finish a little bit, the guy kind of rolled him over and he got his ankle caught underneath there. So I can't speak on the first one that happened to him when he got his last injury. It didn't look intentional. Certainly it ended up being a roll-up position at the end. I know he's a little bit frustrated about getting injured again, but it just did not look that intentional um, on film. There's a uh, roughing the passer call on Max Crosby. That's kind of a bigger picture type of question. Um, you know, I guess by the letter of the law, it, it sounds, looks yeah. visible, but, you know, you've been around football for a long time. What's a defensive player supposed to do in that situation when they're just making the record? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I also thought if you look at the end of that play, Max tried to put his hands out and didn't try to land on with all his body weight. And, and um, so I don't have an answer. We, we, we didn't like the call. We certainly didn't like to call it that situation. And, you know, there, there's a bunch of 
no-call type situations against our number 98 as well. But I, I didn't think it was um, at that time uh, the way in which he landed. Um, it wasn't head-to-head. And, uh, again, I thought he tried to put his hands out the best he could not to put all his body weight on him. And, you know, that's a judgment call that they make, and we, we had to live with it. So, Everyone, but uh, was Abram kind of goes through a, a, a locker right. to you know, make a, what looked like a good play. Again, the letter, the letter of the law on that one, not to cut you off, yeah. but it is you can't cut an offensive lineman. But I don't think John, in our opinion, John was trying to work his way to get to knife down the runner. And here comes the old lineman and end up being a collision course with those guys. But I, I do thought, think, and we, we talked about this morning, that is a good one to send in. Um, it can maybe make them look at the rule a little bit, maybe in a different way because of the bang-bang situation with John really trying to go for the runner and the offensive lineman happened to be in that position at that time. So those are two interesting calls, but the one on John would certainly be hopefully one they'll look at and maybe it'll change the rule a little bit or at least give them something to think about. I know you've got a lot on your plate right now, but I've got a bigger picture. Would you maybe be, be interested in, in the league looking at to maybe look at those plays from a booth standpoint, just to kind of get a better, clear picture rather than leaving it up to the referees' critical situation. Well, again, in my time in the league, there's been a lot of conversations. Either we're going to look at everything in the booth or should we go back to just making all the calls um, the official's prerogative, right? So somewhere in there is probably the answer. Um, I haven't looked that far down the road to be a part of how they're, they're calling calls. I think we do a good job of sending things in. We have an official that works with us that looks at all the plays and helps us send things in. And I do know, respect the to the league, they do look at all those things and we do get feedback from them one way or the other. So I, I don't see that being any different than what they've done for us in the past. Rich, obviously you've had Trayvon and Nate as rookies playing big roles on defense this season, but you also had Devon Diablo and, and Malcolm Koontz playing probably more than we've seen so far this season. What did you think of them just in their first, you know, kind of major game action? Yeah, we, we think Devon's been coming on in practice all the time to get a lot more reps, certainly to Will Linebacker. He had a chance to go in there and, and play for us a little bit when we had some injuries, and we thought he did a good job. You know, and he kept his role on teams as well. It was good to see Malcolm finally get up there and, and uh, have a chance to make a play and ends up having a good job on the sack, and he had some punt rushes for us as well. So we'll see what injuries do for us as we go through the next few days in practice, see who we end up with dressing for us in the game. Would you like to ask you about Malcolm Coates? Last week in practice, he was moving very fast, and has the game gotten to a place where he's maybe the reason he's on the field is he isn't thinking as much? He's able to just play now? It's kind of come to him? Well, I think he's, you know, he's practicing at a high speed right now, and he's getting pushed all the time. And, you know, his opportunity to get dressed this week with Carl being down um, just gave him a chance to get out there and play some. And uh, you saw some of the speed that he has. You saw some of the explosion that he has. And if you'd looked at the punt rush tape, he had a really good rush one time at the punt rush as well. So we're hoping this time of year, those guys that are starting to um, play a little bit more than they've played in the past, they can start to come on a little bit for us. So we'll see how it works out going into this week's game. You get, I know you guys were just wrapping up your game last night when, was it, when the Chiefs started. Um, but how much do you get to watch? And is that a benefit at all to get the, the, the tape started early, I guess, by just watching the team live before you play them? Well, I, again, I got to see the end of the game, you know, a little bit on TV, and then you start watching it again here when we get done cleaning up this game after our meetings now. I'm getting ready to go there after this. We'll get a chance to watch it again. But, um, you know, it looked like a hard-fought game by two teams that are playing really well on defense, and both to some degree struggled a little bit in the offensive side of the ball, which we can identify that with that a little bit as, as we're sitting here. So we'll see more what the tape looks like as we get going during the week. 
you guys have maintained all season long that no matter wins or loss, Monday morning the guys are in, they're fired up, energized, ready to go. Is that still the case, especially with injuries starting to pile up as well? Well, we just did the special teams part. Not everybody was in here, the guys that were supposed to be here. Um, guys went through their well check. Guys got their bodies taken care of. We started on the workouts and the runs, and we're getting ready to have a team meeting when I when I leave. We'll go over the formula, what we did well, what we didn't do well, and uh, they'll have tomorrow off. Some of them will start looking tape as they normally do. Some will be in the building as they normally are, and we'll get ready for our Wednesday's practice with who we have to get ready to go to Kansas City. Look, I don't want to dive into specific words necessarily, I guess, but is is day-to-day for Waller signifying improvement from week to week? Yeah, I'd like to think so. You know, he's dealing with two things. He's dealing with the knee and the oblique or the, the rib, whichever one it is, and, and he got continually a little bit better towards the end of the week. That's kind of why we kept him in a day-to-day and then visiting with Chris today, our, our trainer. Same deal, and I just saw Waller a little bit, and, and I think he'll get hopefully going maybe out of the pool here in a few days um, or maybe even tomorrow. But, yeah, I'd like to keep him day-to-day. He's kind of earned the right to be day-to-day and let us know how he feels as we get going through the week. All right, guys, good. Okay, guys, thanks. All right, there he is, Rich Passaccia. He covered a lot there. Covered a lot there on what the team needs to do, and it's at a point in the season now where I believe is Paul Gutierrez, who's in that press conference. You heard our own Q Myers, Vinny Bonsignor. We really got a great team of people that we have on this show inside those press conferences when I get a chance to go over there on days where I'm working out of the building, and I think Rich Passaccia is telling you everything. The team is now at a point where Kenyon Drake is having surgery on the right ankle in Birmingham, Alabama. So that's going to be a big deal. Darren Waller, you just heard the comments there at the end. Denzel Perryman has an ankle. Nick Witkowski ankle. Carl Nassib knee. Corey Littleton, a stinger. All day today. It's next man up. I mean, look, I, I never, ever, ever will talk about a player that's injured. If a player cannot play and the trainer and the coach and the doctors say he can't play, None of my – it's not in my wheelhouse. If you cannot play because you're injured, you're ridiculously dumb to question a player, a football player who's at the highest level at, of athletic endeavors. So, But the players who need to get out of the tub and get into a game and play, we're at that point. And I'm just hoping that we see a couple of players that say, I'm not at 100%, but I'll play. I'll, I'll try to dress on game day. I'll warm up. It's Kansas City. It's do or die, and they go. And we'll know more and more later in the week, especially when we get into our guests that we're going to have here. Ned in Vegas. Thanks for holding, Ned. You're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thank you Hi, for Ned. taking the call. Thank you for taking the call, my friend. And uh, I'm a new Raider fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I joined up with new tickets last year. Good. And I gotta tell you, man, I'm I, I I'm just kind of blown away at how this team that represents Vegas doesn't seem to have any consistency here. And just to give you a, a little backdrop, I used I'm from Washington D.C. and mm-hmm. I used to be a season ticket holder in D.C. when yep. Norv Turner was the coach of the Redskins, and we couldn't wait to get him out of town. I mean. I don't know that it was all about North, but he mm-hmm. couldn't bring that team together where they enjoyed playing with each other. Now, I've heard all the conversations so far, you know, for the last hour and a half. One thing I haven't heard anybody talk about, do these guys really enjoy playing with each other? I mean, because when you look at the Chiefs, and, and 
I'm just going to disagree with you a little bit. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I'm going to bring up the game, the San Francisco Chiefs Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. These guys are down. I don't. I can't remember the score. It had to be 24 points in the first half. And you did you see what Patrick Mahomes was doing? He said, look, man, we got this. He's up and down the field, sideline, telling these guys, we got this. And I guess after a while, maybe it went off in all of their heads. Guess what? We got this. Who won that Super Bowl? The Chiefs. Now, I don't know who's the leader or the leadership on this team, but someone needs to say at some point, dude, we got this. We can win this game. I don't see anybody pushing guys to, you know, Get the, get, get the negative out of their head and push this thing down the field and start scoring some points and start winning some games. Yeah, and that's an important point. Appreciate the call. I used to be down on the sidelines when there wasn't COVID protocol all the time, and I see this team highly motivated because Carr is a highly motivated guy on game day. We opened up the phones a couple of weeks ago when Derek was sitting on the bench kind of staring into space. A lot of people screenshot that and called the show and we covered that. I saw Derek yesterday getting up. He was standing on the sidelines. He was motivating his teammates. And guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram, who I've been highly critical of for some of the mistakes he made, is a highly motivated player. He makes a big play. He tries to get the crowd going. He tries to get his teammates going. I don't think that's a problem. It would be a problem if the Raiders check out. And if it happens, if they get blown out of Kansas City, which I hope isn't the case. I think they can win this game. If they get blown out and you see a body language thing or an attitude happening and people think like the season's over, well, that's going to be another month of radio. We got to do another month and a half of this. Okay, that's how I look at it, and I apologize for telling you the truth. I got six more weeks of doing this, and then I'm off to the Super Bowl, I believe, and I'm talking about the NFL playoffs. So after this season's over, If the Raiders are eliminated at any point, I'm just moving right to the playoffs. So you're going to hear Kansas City, Buffalo, New England, and all of that. And if there's breaking news with the Raiders on anything from a personnel change to a coaching change, of course we're going to cover it. And I'm still going to be doing Raider content here, but my my train leaves the station and I cover the NFL playoffs. Okay? That's what we do. And I hope they stay in it. I think they have a lot of fight. I think they have a lot of fight, and I think they got a lot of leaders on this team. I mean, how many times did you hear over the last two years that they drafted character guys? We drafted character guys, Clemson and Alabama guys, character guys who should be able to carry this team through some adversity. So that's what's going to happen here. But as I tweeted it out, and I just tweeted it out about a half hour ago, at JT the Brick, you can react to it. Uh, Not many NFL players need to be motivated on game day. They're paid millions to prepare and dress in a $2 billion Allegiant Stadium to play for a global brand. Give me a break on that excuse. Kids who play in a non-Power 5 college football conference need to be motivated. And I believe that. Have you been in the locker room? I have. (laughs) You can pull up to this venue in a $200,000 car come into a locker room, which looks like something out of a sci-fi movie, get dressed with Raider quotes in the locker room, come out on the field, the place is just electric. It's the coolest stadium in football. Some people say the best, other people say this or that. 
I think it's the coolest stadium in all of sports right now. You warm up. You go back into the locker room. Coaches speak to you one more time. Then you get introduced, either offense or defense, and the game starts. Who needs motivation at that point? You tell me. Who? You name the player. You name the player right now if you got the balls to do it. If you got the balls to do it, you call me and you tell me the player that needs to be motivated two minutes into a football game that you don't see that I'm not seeing along with Eric Allen on the pre and post. Okay? You got a phone line here. You got Twitter. You tell me the player or players that you believe need to be motivated and the coaches aren't doing a good enough job or Tom Cable and Gus Bradley don't have motivated. Tell me. I'd love to hear it. Okay? A lot of fans, a lot of fans think about something, but they can't, they can't put it into words and they can put it into uh, anonymous tweets. Who needs to be motivated making millions of dollars on game day, treated like a rock star, standing ovations before the game with a concert going on and videos on the video boards? You tell me who needs to be motivated on the flagship station. And then we'll do a radio show or a segment on who you believe need to be highly motivated. I don't play that. I don't do that. I've been doing that too long. That's podcast radio, and I got plenty of podcasts. I don't need another podcast. I host like three podcasts on top of my two radio shows and the two TV shows I work on. Okay, that's a podcast topic in the back of the parking lot. Who needs to be motivated, JT? He's not motivated enough. Give me a break. Don't don't make it that easy. You don't need to be motivated. Do your bleeping job. Do your job. Jesse in Oakland in the biggity biggity O. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey JT, I'm a huge fan. Been a Raider fan my entire life. Um, I don't know what's going on in these games while we're coming out flat to start. I'd like to go for it more on fourth down every now and then. Mm-hmm. I also. agree. I agree with you on that. I looked something up like a statistic. Right now, we're the least aggressive team on fourth down. Teams are going for it more than us on fourth down. Well, I mean, again, it's down distance where they're at. They have a great field goal in Carlson. So if they're on the 34-yard line and it's fourth and three, I, I like Carlson to get three. If they're fourth and two at the two-yard line, I like Mariota to come in. And do something. So it's down in distance and when the game is at. But I, I think that's fair. I mean, that's part of the coaching. You would think that the coaches would like to go for it more and open up the playbook a little bit more and blitz a little bit more because the season is at a point now where the season's on the brink. So I hope to see more of that. Don't you? Yeah. Again, if you want to talk about a specific play or a specific time when the team should go for it, let's go. And I think that Derek Carr should start against Kansas City. I think he gives the Raiders the best chance to win. And then with everybody that's injured, it's next man up. But by this time next week, by next Monday, if the Raiders don't win or show up in Kansas City, we'll be talking about Marcus Mariota possibly starting in a game to try to save the season. How's that for a tease? Helm is he 
Additional tight end along with Moreau. Three tight ends are in. Jacobs gets a handoff, cuts out to the left, breaks the tackle. Jeff Pott, baby! Josh Jacobs to the left side, dances in. And the Raiders are two points away from a deadlock. Crowd sounded amazing there. Explosive when the Raiders give them the ability to be explosive. JT with you. Thanks today. This is the aftermath. We don't we don't ever want to host shows like this, but we have to, and we'll move on to Kansas City in what is a must-win game. They're all must-win games. They're all must-win games starting with Cincinnati. They've lost to Cincinnati. They beat Dallas, which was an incredible win. Really gave the team the momentum they needed to make a playoff push, and now they drop a game 17-15 in a game they could have won. Washington could have missed that kick. That was a clutch kick. They could have missed it. Raiders could have took victory formation and won, or Trayvon Merrick could have caught the interception in his hands to win the game. But that wouldn't have hit the fact that they didn't play well, and they didn't play a well-rounded game. So the team obviously has to play more aggressive. We've talked about that for a while. They know that. You heard Rich Passaccia. I'll interview him Later on in the week, we'll have some guests from Kansas City on, and we'll talk about this game. I really believe I'm at my best when I talk Kansas City. I've been talking about Kansas City for a damn long time, about their misdirection and the plays that they want to run. I can almost blindfolded tell you without looking at anything how many touches Tyreek Hill's going to get and Travis Kelsey. We all know it. Raiders know it. Everybody knows it from the fan in the 400 section. Now can the Raiders put together a great game plan to just keep the game close? That's the problem with Kansas City. you got to be in the game in the third quarter on the road in Arrowhead. This Monday night football game is going to be wild tonight. They took down the sky cam because of the wind. The goalpost in Buffalo is swaying side to side. This could be a great television game tonight with New England at Buffalo. Can't wait to watch it. I'll be on Sirius from 7 to 10 p.m. Have a great day, everybody.